You're listening to the Fresh Hell Podcast. Fresh Hell contains stories of a disturbing and often graphic nature and is intended for a mature audience. Please don't let your kids listen to this, or they might turn out like us. Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Matt. And together we are the host of Heist Podcast. It's a true crime podcast without the murder covering heists, grifts, robberies and all those sorts of things Uh, lottery scams you name it we've covered it and you know there's been a very big one that just happened in the news right now the green vault dresden heist that was wild so if you're into heists in the news famous heists and even just stories like heat point break and the real stories that inspired them please check us out heist podcast anywhere you get your pods hi and welcome i'm johanna from vienna austria And I'm Annie, talking to you from just outside snowy Boston, Massachusetts. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Fresh Hell. You just heard Simon and Matt from Heist Podcast. They cover very different cases from the ones we usually talk about. Uh, Yeah, that's right. If you're a fan of the Netflix show Casa de Papel, just like I am, then Heist Podcast is definitely something for you. You can learn all about solved and unsolved heists. So check them out and tell them we sent you. And if you're a first-time listener to our podcast, We are so excited to have you. You should know that Anya and I never met in real life. We are internet buddies who like to talk about all the dark things out there. Yeah, that's right. All the weird, awful, fascinating, terrible things. But let's talk about today's episode. Johanna, what are we going to talk about today? So tomorrow is December 5th, and that's Krampus Day here in Austria and some other countries. And I think it would be interesting to talk about this dark fella. Oh, tall, dark, and creepy. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited for this episode. Also, just a heads up, we are going to be talking about the history of Christmas time traditions. So please be extra careful that there are no little ears listening, just in case all the fucking swearing hasn't warned them away from the deeply inappropriate podcast (laughs) for children that you're listening to right now. So yeah, bring it. Okay, so the Krampus is a mythical character who is known not only here in Austria and Bavaria, of course, but also in Hungary, Liechtenstein, Slovenia, Slovakia, Czech Republic, um, Croatia, I think Northern Italy, and I'm sure I forgot some countries now. I think you can basically say most of the countries were the Habsburg monarchy was, or that they were part of the Habsburg monarchy. That Krampus really, he gets around. It's like (laughs) the boyfriend I had in college. (laughs) I will only talk about the Austrian Krampus in this episode, because obviously that's the only one I ever met. I think thanks to the movie Krampus from 2015, the Krampus now experienced some international fame also overseas. Did you watch the movie, Annie? No, I generally don't watch like scary movies. Should I watch it? Uh, It's not really that scary. I did watch it and I didn't like it too much. I mean, it was a fun little movie, but I don't know. I felt it didn't do the Krampus any justice. Okay. I think some things were just plain wrong and they led to the common misconception that the Krampus has something to do with how we celebrate Christmas here, which is rather incorrect because he's more of an Advent character, not a Christmas character. Oh. Yeah, but let's start from the beginning. Who is the Krampus? Yeah, who is the Krampus? Because I always did think that he was Christmas related too. So please tell me everything. So the Krampus, as he is called here, or Krampal, or Patl, or any of the other names he has in all the different countries, is the companion of the Nicolo, or how you would call him, 
Santa Claus. Now, the Saint Nicholas was called Nicholas of Myra, who lived between 270 and probably 350, 360, 365, we don't really know, in the city of Myra, which later on was a Byzantine city. And he was the bishop there. Now, Nicholas apparently was a pretty decent human being because he did a lot of nice things for the people living in Myra. Uh, for example, he helped a ship that was in distress at sea by simply appearing out of thin air and calming the storm. That's handy. That's why he's not only the saint of children, but he's also the patron saint of the seamen. Or another time during a famine, he made a little bit of corn last for two years, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, he also saved three innocent men who had been sentenced to death. So you see, as I said, pretty nice guy. Yeah, definitely. We like him. But there must be a reason why Nicholas of Myra became the Niccolo and later on Santa Claus, right? I mean, yeah, what happened? Did someone like get him wet and feed him after midnight? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, what happened? There was a man living in Myra who had three daughters, but he was very poor and he couldn't afford the dowry, so they couldn't get married. And the man then saw no other chance than to sell them to a brothel. Seriously, that's your first solution? I mean, there must be other poor families with domestically useless sons who needed to be taken care of, surely. <laughs> Hey, I don't know, whatever. The bishop heard of this story and he went to the house of the man on three consecutive nights and each night he threw one clump of gold through one of the windows into the room of each of the girls. So each night another girl, each night one girl gets a clump of gold. And that's why he now is forever and ever and ever bound to bring us presents. <laughs> year after year after year. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So that dad was too poor for a dowry, but they live in a house with at least four bedrooms. <laughs> right? <laughs> Something doesn't add up there. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> okay. So the Niccolo, as we call him here, he doesn't bring us gifts for Christmas. Oh, so in Austria, Santa doesn't come on Christmas Eve when you're sleeping and leave toys under the tree for you? No, we get our Christmas presents on Christmas Eve, so the 24th of December. Oh. And the gifts for Christmas in Austria are brought to us by the Christkind, which would translate to baby Jesus, but it's not baby Jesus. The Christkind is a beautiful angel with blonde hair, and she has a crown made of golden stars. And she not only brings the gifts, but also the whole tree, which some might like, is not only decorated with lights and ornaments, but it's also full of chocolate. I've seen your chocolate-filled Christmas tree. Yes, <laughs> I love it. And because we celebrate the Heiliger Abend, so that's the evening of 24th of December, one of the most famous Christmas songs ever is Silent Night, and it was composed here in Austria. Oh, that's a great song. I know a lot of carols because I was a choir. Um, is it geeks or nerds that do choir? Anyhow, I was super into choir and we used to go caroling a lot, so I wish they would do that here. We don't we don't have that here. I think that's awesome. It doesn't really happen that often here. It's funny, my we'd always have to learn songs for um the shows that we'd put on, but then every so often small groups of us would go around caroling randomly and we'd go to like nursing homes and things, which was nice. But Yeah. Yeah. It's true. All right. So in Austria, you do presents and stockings on Christmas Eve. So no presents on Christmas Day. Uh, we don't do stockings, but uh, yeah, all of our Christmas gifts are for Christmas Eve. Oh. On Christmas Day and Stefani, which is the 26th of December, you'll most likely visit extended family and you might get you know, the gifts there. 
but right so like boxing day in england which exactly yeah yeah we don't have boxing day in the states but we have so much english family that we sort of observe it yeah christmas stockings here for little gifts at least in my family and usually my aunt or my mom would let us do stockings on christmas eve and then sometimes my aunt especially used to try to convince us to just open one more let's just open one small gift you know <laughs> it was fun but then you go to sleep and santa claus comes while you're sleeping now Full disclosure, my parents were not the type to spoil us like crazy, you know, but on Christmas morning, I'll be damned if every single thing that we had circled in the Toys R Us catalog wasn't under the tree. And so that's why I believed in Santa way, way longer than anybody else in my class, because I was just... I was so sure there was no possible way our parents would buy us that much stuff, you know? And I also now understand why my mom and aunt would be up before dawn on Black Friday every year. It's all for Christmas presents, but yeah, I really believed late uh, and was teased for it. Christmas just isn't the same, though, when you don't believe in Santa or have someone in your family who does, you know? Yeah, sorry, I digress. I told you my parents were pretty young when, when I was very young when I was born. Yeah. And they didn't have a lot of money, but on Christmas... Like I did the same. I cut out the pictures out of the catalog and glued it on the letter for the Christkind. And I always got everything. And I also believed in the, in the Christkind way too long. Yeah. Yeah. Way too long. Way too long. And my best friend was Jewish, so she knew and was the most amazing secret keeper. So, That's yeah. That's nice. <laughs> it is. It is. It must have been really hard for her. Okay, so as I said, Nicolo doesn't bring us the Christmas gifts, but he comes to bring us gifts on 6th of December because that's his day. Of course, it's already a lot of work for him to bring gifts to all of the well-behaved kids. So that's why he has his evil sidekick, the Krampus, to take care of the naughty ones. Well, I mean, everyone needs an evil sidekick, don't they? Like, I'm Paul's, you're mine, Jan is yours. <laughs> it's the circle of life. <laughs> he is your little evil sidekick, you know. He's gonna take over the world one day, you know. <laughs> Just watch out. Keep an eye on that beagle. Okay, so 6th of December, Nicolo and Krampus Day, as I said before, is tomorrow, 5th of December. Now we know where the Nicolo originated, but where did the Krampus originally come from? And what the fuck is his deal? Seriously, what is his deal? I think to understand him, we should go back a little bit into the pagan roots of many Christmas and Advent traditions. So let's go back to the origin of the Yuletide season, shall we? Oh, let's. So the word Yule derives from the old Norse word Yol, which was the name of the midwinter festival celebrated by the Germanic people. And the word Yol is also referenced in old Norse month names. And that indicates that Yule season was somewhere from maybe mid-November to probably January or maybe early February. And also in a book by the Icelandic poet and politician Snorri Sturluson, <laughs> I love that name, name, who lived from 1179 to 1241, uh, we can find the word Yol or Yule because there the gods are being called Yule beings. Oh, I love it. I love Iceland. It's the best, except for their whaling practices, which I have real issues with. But that said, if you haven't been and you live in the state, or if you're in Europe, it's a great stopover on your way. So Iceland Air lets you do a stopover without paying extra money. So for example, when we went, we were trying to get to England, but flying direct from Boston to Heathrow was just, for some reason, the fares were outrageous. And so for the same price, we flew through Reykjavik and we spent three nights at just a nice little three-star hotel right downtown. And the 
the flight plus the three nights in the hotel was about the same price as just the direct flight to London. And it was great because it's like four hours time difference from Boston. So you kind of ease into it, you know, and it was it was great. And that country, Iceland, it's like another planet. It's so beautiful. In fact, you would probably know, my cinephile friend, that it is used in so many films because it just looks so otherworldly. Mm. I just, I can't recommend it enough. I think it's been 10 years now since we were there, which it's like, where does the time go? But we went to the Blue Lagoon at night and pretty much had it all to ourselves, which was amazing. And if you're a foodie, one of the best and I think one of the most expensive meals we've ever had was at a restaurant in downtown Reykjavik called uh, La Cabreca. And if you can make a reservation, it's like a little house in the middle of downtown. If you're not much of a foodie, though, give that one a pass. Fermented shark is a delicacy there. And they serve it with their local liqueur, which is Brennevin, which is made to wash down the rotting shark, I think. And based on the taste of it, I think it works. We still have most of a bottle we brought back 10 years ago. It'll just clean your sinuses right out. Iceland is very high on my list of countries to visit. I, I haven't been there yet, but I really want to go. We could meet. It's like halfway. Yeah, you see? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we digress again. Let's get back to Yule. <laughs> Let's, yes. Okay, so this was a Nordic midwinter festival. And it looks like the different Nordic tribes celebrated this time in different ways and, you know, with different festivities and different traditions. Uh, we find a description of Yule celebration in M. Lee Hollander's book called Heimskringla, History of the Kings of Norway. Quote, it was ancient custom that when sacrifice was to be made, all farmers were to come to the heathen temple and bring along with them the food they needed while the feast lasted. At this feast, all were to take part of the drinking of ale. Also, all kind of livestock were killed in connection with it, horses also, and all the blood from them was called hlau and hlaupoli, the vessel holding the blood, and hlautenar, the sacrificial twigs. These were fashioned like sprinklers, and with them were to be smeared all over with blood the pedestals of the idols, and also the walls of the temple within and without, and likewise the men present were to be sprinkled with blood. But the meat of the animals was to be boiled and served as food at the banquet. Fires were to be lightened in the middle of the temple floor, and kettles hung over them. The sacrificial beaker was to be borne around the fire, and he who made the feast and was chieftain was to bless the beaker as well as all the sacrificial meat. That's fascinating. It's made me realize that I just, I don't think I have enough items in my home that start with sacrificial. Like, there aren't <laughs> enough things for sacrificial purposes here. Like, I should incorporate it more, but just very randomly. Like, the next time someone visits, they compliment a throw pillow or something, I'll just say, thank you, it's sacrificial. <laughs> I think it's important to just give no further info. And if they ask, tell them you wish you could talk more about it. But it's really for their own safety that you don't. They must never speak of it again or you'll get out the sacrificial twigs and draw their sacrificial blood. <laughs> so much sacrifice. Oh, it's good stuff. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's also a good idea for a t-shirt. Sacrificial. <laughs> This is my sacrificial t-shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Oh, somebody in the Facebook group was just saying how they just had to order another t-shirt or sweatshirt because they got blood all over theirs all right, accidentally. Yeah, true. She didn't, she didn't uh, explain what happened though yet. No, but... If she, I think she's listening. If she just bought a sweatshirt, so now tell everybody that the blood-stained one is your sacrificial sweatshirt, and just leave it at that. <laughs> I think it's okay to have a blood-stained fresh hell T-shirt. I think it's absolutely, <laughs> it's the best. Oh God! All right. Okay, let's go back to Norway. 
Yes. So, because one king of Norway, King Hakon I, is pretty much the reason why many pagan rituals were combined with Christian rituals. Hakon was the youngest son of King Harald, and he was sent away to live in England for whatever reason. There he was introduced to Christianity and converted. And after his father died, his half-brother Eric Bloodaxe, which <laughs> is the most trustworthy name I ever heard... <laughs> Became king of Norway. <laughs> All right. Eric Bloodaxe. I bet he came to power just with sheer intelligence and negotiating tactical ability. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he became king of Norway, but Hakon apparently didn't like that too much because he um, went to the king of England and there he was provided with ships and soldiers. He went back to Norway and fought his half-brother and he took back the throne. But there was one problem. He was a Christian now and the rest of Norway practiced paganism. But Hakon was very smart and he knew that he couldn't just tell people to convert to Christianity because they would revolt against him. So he hid his newfound faith, but he ordered that Yule from now on had to be celebrated at a certain date. And what coincidence, because this date was, of course, the date the Christians celebrated Christmas. And therefore, over time, more and more pagan traditions started to influence the Christian celebration, like the Yule log, the mistletoe, caroling, and yes, even giving presents for Christmas. These are all pagan traditions. Another pagan tradition was to put on a disguise to scare away winter ghosts. And that's a tradition that is still celebrated here during January, and it's called Berchtenläufe. Well... That sounds really fun. I think we're going to have to cover that one too, because I need more information about that one. And of course, also the Krampus might have the same origin, so dressing up and scaring away winter ghosts. And it is believed that he was the son of Hel in his earliest form, and Hel is the Norse goddess of the underworld. Yes, Kate Blanchett played Hela in Thor Ragnarok, which, in my opinion, is the funniest of the Marvel franchise. She is stunning. She is stunning. Oh. But I didn't see that one. I'm not super big into the Marvel Universe, except for Guardians. I saw the first Thor, but that was the only one. I think... You'd like them. I would I would definitely try the because Ragnarok is so funny. I think I gotta you'll check like it. it out. Yeah. I gotta check it out. But I think we can all see how the thought of Krampus being, you know, Hell's son son of the underworld, it's kind of fitting, no? Even though it might just be a very popular modern day myth and not really rooted in facts. Right. Sure, of course. Yes. I can definitely see why there'd be a link there though. And because the good Niccolo, as I said, needed an evil body to take care of all the nasty children, he was soon incorporated into the Niccolo saga as a regular during Advent time. Oh. And the name Krampus comes from the German word Krampen, which means claw. And guess what? A pickaxe is also called a Krampen in Austria and I think in Bavaria too. I'm not sure. See, this is so interesting because we say Krampen here too, but with a C. Is yours with a C or a K? A K. Okay, like Krampus, yeah. So ours is with a C, but they're basically ice claws for your feet for traction. Mm -hmm. So like you'd you'd have them on some snowshoes or if you're hiking or, you know, in my husband's case, he's got some that he slips on over his snow boots to lock onto the ice when he's snow blowing the driveway with two inches of solid ice under the snow. But yeah, we have crampons too. Which reminds me, I have to see Paul's photo with the icicles under his nose again. I loved it. Oh, I will send you Paul's walrus photos, yes. <laughs> 
I should have some fresh ones because we are in the middle of, it's day two of, I think, three days of snow now. Okay, so the Nicolo and the Krampus, they team up, but of course it wasn't that smooth of a story because already in the 12th century, the Christian church tried to get rid of the Krampus. I mean, sure. I think they were trying to erase all the pagan traditions they'd built on in the beginning, right? Yeah, I think dressing up as a devil creature was nothing the Christian leaders really wanted to encourage there. No. And of course, during the Inquisition, so later on, it was completely forbidden to dress up as Krampus. And if you were caught doing so, you were punished by death, which is not so great. Oh, and with no one ever expecting it either. That's awful. That's seriously, though, that's awful. But guess what? People living in the Alp area are considered to be rather stubborn and they have a very huge advantage because oftentimes the communities lived in rather isolated you know, valleys behind seven mountains. Yeah, no, that it reminds me a little bit of the uh, like the Appalachian Mountains being that way, mm -hmm. and that's definitely an advantage. Yeah. Yes, definitely, you can compare that. Yeah, yeah. So there, the Krampus tradition survived, and it was revived and spread throughout all the countries that were part of the Habsburg Empire, as I said before, and it gained insane popularity during the 19th century. But then, after the election of 1932 and the rise of the Austro-Fascism under Dolphus, the Krampus was outlawed once again. Even the NSDAP, even though they did quite like, you know, pagan traditions or Nordic mythology, they still didn't allow the Krampusläufe to take place because they thought it was invented by their political opponents or political enemies. Oh. It's sorry, it's just fascinating to me that like the Nazis who were into so much of the what we in America would call the Nazi party, the NSDAP. Yeah. But the um we you know, we know of them being into mythological stuff, right? Yeah. Like and all kinds of, you know, what's the word? Like paranormal stuff, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So it's surprising that they weren't into Krampus. No, they didn't like him. But they were not the only ones because after World War II, up until the late 50s, pamphlets were handed out by the government telling people that, quote, the Krampus is an evil man, end quote. <laughs> That's so bizarre to me. So were they saying like the literal actual Krampus was a bad guy that they <laughs> believed in? Because yeah, no kidding. Or were they trying to say that keeping that tradition should be stopped because it was a bad one? I honestly don't really know, but I do assume a mix of both. Yeah. And yes, it's it's so bizarre. But then again, the Krampus couldn't be stopped because I remember stories from my grandmother uh, and she told me stories about her encounter with the Krampus that I think scared her for her life. And and the Krampus mythology regained more and more popularity during the 70s, which is awesome because right in time for my childhood. Oh, nice. <laughs> and as I said, 5th of December is Krampus Day. Next day, 6th of December is Nicolo Day. So on these two days, the Nicolo and the Krampus, they walk from house to house together and they either leave sweets, apples, peanuts, clementines for the good kids, or they leave lumps of coal for the bad kids. Oh, see, I love that because that reminds me of like my grandfather father would say that, you know, he was born around the turn of the century and he'd say, you know, you'd get either a lump of coal if you were bad or you might get an orange in your stocking if you were good. And we still say here, you know, if you're, if you don't, you know, shape up, all you're going to get is a lump of coal. Yeah. But then again, I'm thinking a lump of coal can be pretty helpful too. If I think of like a Christmas carol. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's true. Helps to keep you warm. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would raise my kids. Here's a lump of coal and be thankful for it. Yeah, you just be grateful you got that lump of coal. <laughs> 
Okay, let's talk about how the Krampus looks. Oh, yes. Basically like a devil. <laughs> okay. So he has two horns. They can look like Ibex horns, but also like horns from rams or goats. Well, I am a fan of horned creatures. <laughs> yeah, his head is red or white or black. He has glowing eyes and he has a huge mouth with sharp teeth. And sometimes he shows a long pointed tongue like a snake. Nope, not a fan. <laughs> no. He's covered in sheep or goat fur and he has a tail like a cow. He also wears cow bells around his waist and <sighs> on his back he carries something like a huge wicker basket where he can put in the misbehaving little brats and carry them away. Oh no. <laughs> he also has a bunch of twigs in his hand to beat you with and in the other hand he sometimes has very heavy metal chains. Oh man, with all those bells on him, wasn't there like time to get away? Just like a naughty cat that you have to put a bell <laughs> on <laughs> so you know it's coming also the cow tail was a very unexpected detail well where were the kids supposed to run it's not like he hunted you down in the street and took you with him he came to your house and your parents basically <gasps> said come in come in oh shit that's right i forgot the parents were in on it god i love this tradition <laughs> so this is the best all right so we'll we'll post photos in our facebook group and instagram and on yeah all the things yeah i this yeah sounds crazy but i think i might have dated this guy for like three months in the mid 90s so <laughs> now you said you met the krampus yes of course plenty of times oh no okay so here's the thing parents can hire the nicola to come over to your house on these two days and the nicola looks into his big book and of course the parents handed the nicola a piece of paper beforehand and on it all the horrible things you did wrong during the whole year <laughs> sorry sorry i keep interrupting you but i'm fascinated and i have so many questions so <laughs> do your parents give the guy who's like dressed up as nicolo like a list that they've kept track of so he's literally like nine months ago you say you know you forgot to say thank you when you got your pudding even though you did not in fact finish your meat or do they just like pretend that they're reading things while you rack your brain for you know anyone you've murdered but forgot about or whatever like no they, they handed him the list beforehand no mm -hmm. so you're standing they're absolutely horrified as to why this man knows so much about you. Oh, and I almost forgot the Niccolo, he doesn't look like Santa Claus. Oh, what does he look like? So he looks like a bishop with a white beard <laughs> and he carries a cross here. You know, the tall hooked staff. Yeah. Yeah. So he's already kind of intimidating, you know, towering over you, listing all your fuck ups. <laughs> Oh, man, that's way worse than having to sit on the lap of a total stranger while you're photographed by other strangers in elf costumes. Um, yeah, that sounds pretty intimidating, too. My sister, though, it might have well have been a Krampus. I'll have, to I'll have to see if I can find one of the photos. Every single Santa photo, I'm on his knee, like, smiling. I am ready. I've got my list fucking prepped and ready to go for what I want. And my sister is on the other knee just screaming her head off, <laughs> like, <laughs> clearly having it completely emotional breakdown and I am just like would you stop it you're eating into our time I have to find some of those photos they're great <laughs> <laughs> but that's great it's just oh wow it's awesome yeah you stand there and you think okay well that's it no gifts from me this year <laughs> But of course, the Nicolo is very kind, so he gives you another chance. And if you recite a lovely poem or you sing him a song, he will forget about everything and you might get a present. Oh, so you actually then would have to perform like on demand, like a mm -hmm. song or a poem. Yeah, but they, they prep you in kindergarten for it. Oh my 
my God, this just keeps getting better. <laughs> it's, it's true. You learn poems for the Nicolo in kindergarten. Oh, wow. This is the, this is my favorite thing. All it's right, a whole so system. It's a whole system. It's, yes. Yes. And so when you say a present, do you mean like it, like, does it give you like a single dried apricot? Is it like a piece of fruit? <laughs> Here's a prune. Good job, kid. <laughs> well, that's very valuable. I mean, it, not nowadays, yeah. but you know. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, it would be like little bags with lots of chocolate and peanuts and clementines. Okay. But I think nowadays kids already get toys. Like not big, big presents, big toys, but I think they do get toys, which when I was a kid, that was just for Christmas Eve. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but the parents cannot only hire a Nicolo, but they can also hire a Krampus, or at least they could do that when I was a kid, uh, which my parents one year when I was around five, I think, thought that that would be brilliant. Just, just a brilliant <laughs> idea. <laughs> I love your parents. Yes, that is solid 80s parenting right there. Absolutely. So I am here for it. Tell me all about it. So I remember I almost peed my pants, uh, <laughs> not from laughing. <laughs> yeah. Because what the fuck, why does the Krampus show up at our house? And I remember that he kept hitting my grandmother with his fucking tweaks. Oh my God, your grandmother was playing along with mm -hmm. it to also terrify you. I love your whole family. I'm sorry I'm laughing at your trauma, but this is the best, kind of, isn't it? I mean, wow. I'm just imagining this guy hitting your grandmother with these sticks. Oh, I God. I was horrified. I bet. Yeah, we used to have Christmas parties, and I had a similar traumatic incident at a young age. So one of my dad's friends, I'm still not entirely sure which one it was, but he'd come dressed as Santa, and all the kids at the party would have a present that their parents would bring and, like, drop it in a huge bag that was probably hidden somewhere outside or inside the house. So then it would come time for Santa to give out the gifts, and he'd, like, reach into the bag and pull them out one by one, hand them out, and my turn came, and I was so excited. And I went to Santa and I got my little gift. And when I opened it, to my horror, it was like, you know, the door hangers you get at a hotel that'll say like, do not disturb on one side or please make up room on the other. Mm -hmm. It was a big blue stuffed quilted floral hotel door hanger with white lace trim. And on a white background, there was blue embroidery and a lovely script that said, bless this mess. Oh. And I just, oh yeah, I just started crying and crying because I thought Santa hated me so much. I was the only kid who didn't get a toy. Even my best friend who was Jewish got a cooler present, which, but in hindsight, actually, I think it was like a dinosaur thing I made out of popsicle sticks. In hindsight, I think all the gifts that were in that little bag were lame. It's just mine was so judgy and, and not a toy. I cried myself to sleep for ages. I was so convinced that Santa hated me. I still give my parents shit about that. And I swear they still have that thing. And occasionally it's on my old bedroom door when I visit. And to be fair, I was and still am a mess. Always have been, always will be. But yeah, I get it. Well, mine was more of a superficial, I didn't get a toy and Santa hates me. Having him come in and pretend to beat up a family member, I think would be worse. Yeah, yeah, she did play along and it was terrifying, seriously. 
<laughs> I love it. It was the worst. But I feel your story because that's awful. That's that's like my grandmother who every year would give me old ladies' nightgowns for Christmas. And I was probably eight. And when I was not excited about them, every year they would hint at my parents that I was such an ungrateful child, which, yes, I was, but I was also eight and I didn't want to wear old ladies' nightgowns. Yeah, that was my aunt. Oh, God, I miss her so much. She was the best, but she was not the best gift giver. And she always got the kids at least one pair of pajamas. And we were always like, why? You know, she she got to do it to her great nephew once when he was like four. And we all laugh about him crying about it because it was the first thing he opened. And he thought that's all he got. And he just cried and cried and cried <laughs> until he realized that he was just surrounded by toys. Oh, God, I still laugh thinking about that. Oh, I have another story that haunts me to this day. Yes. Because you mentioned crying. Please. So as I said, our Christmas tree is brought by the Christkind and it's only set up on Heiligabend, so on 24th of December. I think in the States you set it up way earlier, right? Yeah. Usually the day after Thanksgiving, I would say, is the socially acceptable day, but I have friends who will set it up literally the 1st of November. So they'll go like right from Halloween. So like when you do all the other Christmas decoration. They take their Halloween stuff down and they put their Christmas okay. stuff up. But we just had Thanksgiving, so I'm not... I'll, this Sometime this week, I'll start decorating for Christmas, yeah. So now here you put it up on, on 24th of December, and it stays up until 6th of January, so that's traditionally... Such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, yeah, Christmas Eve, tree goes up, which... Is so stressful for parents. Oh, yeah. Like my parents, every year that meant that my parents, well, we would usually first visit my grandparents, yeah? There we would eat. Then I would get presents there because the Griskind would go there first. Yes. And then every single year I had to go to the cemetery with my aunt. (laughs) Which I didn't want to do because I was a kid and it was Christmas Eve and I wanted to go home and check if the Griskin did bring me presents at home, which were the better presents, right? Yeah, but I had to go to the cemetery every single year. (laughs) And you wonder how you ended up doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Off to the cemetery with you. (laughs) I love it. Well, my parents always disappeared, weirdly enough, right? Of course, now I understand that they rushed home to set up the tree and the presents and everything. I love it. So one year, my aunt is finally done with the cemetery visit and takes me home. I wonder now how they communicated that because it was before cell phones, where they just like drag her around the cemetery for three hours. (laughs) (laughs) They must have. It must have all been worked out beforehand. This explains so much to me about who you are now as an adult. I love it. This is your origin story, Johanna. Okay, so we are done at the cemetery and my aunt takes me home and I run upstairs. I open the door. I run into the living room to see nothing. (laughs) Nothing. No tree, no presents. Nothing. And I started crying like crazy. No, because I was a good girl. Why didn't uh, Kriskin bring me anything? (laughs) And my parents go, oh, wow. Kriskin didn't come this year. You must have been not that good this year. Well, uh, maybe next year. And I'm... (laughs) Full on ugly crying, you know? And then finally my parents tell me, you know what, better go and check your room because, you know, just to be sure. And there was everything. The tree, the presents, <sighs> everything. Because that one year they thought it would be so nice for me to have the tree in my room. That was before my sister was born, so I was still mm. an only child, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it was lovely. It was it was amazing. They didn't even plan on making me feel horrible. But, you know, once I started crying, they just rolled with it. I mean, how could they not, though? That is so much stress, though, mm-hmm. to have that set up on Christmas Eve. That's the 
best. Oh, I love your parents. My God. Yeah, we had to wake our parents up early to see if Santa had come because sometimes they still needed a couple of hours to finish assembling things because all the toys would be out and assembled at our house. Nothing was wrapped. But setting up a tree on Christmas Eve seems so super stressful. You know, in fact, so everything would be out and unwrapped at our house and sometimes they'd forget and leave a price tag on and I'd be like, what's 598 or whatever? And they'd be like, oh, that's the elf inspection number. It's like before I understood how to read a (laughs) price tag. Yeah, I cannot blame our parents for laughing at all of us at times because holy cow, this season, I think you get to be an adult, right? Like we have no children and it's like, think about how crazy and stressful. Yeah the holidays are. So, you know, cheers. Shout out to all the parents out there because it is, yeah. All right. So back to the Krampus. God, I love this. Ah, yeah, the Krampus. So thank God my parents never hired a Krampus again after the incident with uh, the Krampus beating up my grandmother. I cannot believe your grandmother was in on it. I mean, it's awful, but it's so funny. So good. There's another horrible memory I have about the Krampus. For whatever bizarre reason, my parents had a Krampus mask, a full face rubber mask. And I was okay with it, no problem. But one day, for whatever bizarre reason, my dad turned it inside out. (sighs) And I just started screaming. Like, that was the most terrifying thing I had ever seen. And it severely traumatized me as a kid. And I think they then turned it around quite often. (laughs) The 80s. (laughs) It's so funny that the other side to you is scarier. I love that so much. It's just fascinating to us, isn't it? What scares us. Mm Mm-hmm. But then again, a rotisserie chicken would also scare me to death. And then once it was in the oven, I was okay with it. And I was full of schadenfreude, if you <laughs> remember Annie's favorite Just watching German that word. chicken roast. <laughs> uh, my parents still think my childhood terrors are super funny, by the way. Yeah, I'm with your parents on that one. I also, <laughs> it's hilarious. But if it makes you feel any better, my mom used to chase me around the house with the stuff from the inside of the chicken. And I'd be <laughs> full on sprinting away from her like a murderer was after me. I was so afraid I'd be touched by chicken giblets. Oh, hey, I wonder why we're all in therapy. Actually, it all starts to make sense now. It does, right? I think, though, that the really fun days of raising kids are kind of over. Like once they invented things like helmets and seatbelts and told us <laughs> to stop drinking out of the hose. And so. Did you tell me that it was also something about, did you get cards from the Krampus? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I I received cards. That's a thing, too. They went all in. Uh, Okay, so every year I mysteriously received a postcard from the Krampus. Every year from when I was a kid up until my, I want to say, late teens, maybe even my early 20s, I think. (laughs) And the card would always read, greetings from the Krampus. And on the front, you could see the Krampus doing some Krampus stuff, like, you know, packing kids in his wicker backpack basket. I hated these cards as a kid because they made me feel very uneasy. Why would this freaking Krampus not leave me alone? Why would he send me cards? Of course, as I grew older, I realized that you could buy these Krampus cards. I think they are still a thing until today. There are even some rather raunchy ones for adults. Oh. Yeah, which also, that's a thing. Yeah, but it was my aunt. It, I later figured out it was my, my aunt sending me Krampus cards. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's what aunts are for. All right. I need a Krampus card. But okay, so now once you grew up, you weren't scared anymore of the Krampus, right? Like me and Gremlins, you've overcome your fear. Are you kidding? I was terrified. <laughs> Uh, And I'm definitely not alone because I found an article from 2012 that was printed in the newspaper Depresse. Sorry, the newspaper is called Depresse? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's called Die, which is the article, so the Presse. <laughs> the Press, which is a very creative name for a newspaper. Not okay. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, so there is the, the article from 2012. And Daddy talked to a behavioral therapist, Andrea Hammerer, who offered uh, a seminar or is maybe still offering seminars to people who are scared of the Krampus. And that one year they were talking to her, it was offered to 25 women. And there the women, they were like me, they were also scared of Krampus days. But in the seminar, they could meet with a Krampus group and try to overcome their fears. I guess they were petting them or <laughs> I don't know, something like this. Oh, no. I honestly think many people, especially women from more rural areas from my generation, are still scared of the Krampus. And there is a reason why. So on Krampus Day, after dark, the young men from the area, they will dress up as Krampus and they will run around in hordes and they will beat you with their rods and chains and sticks. And let me tell you, they are not faking it. People really do get hurt. Oh no, what the hell? That's awful. Well, there's like every year you can read the articles after Krampus Day. Uh, there was an example from 2013. Uh, this happened in Lienz, which is in Tyrol. Sorry, where is Tyrol? My geography is terrible. Uh, so Tyrol is one of our nine states and it is west of Salzburg. You might know its capital, Innsbruck. Yes, I know Innsbruck. Okay. So there were 200 uh, Krampusse and several hundred spectators and they started, seriously, they started a battle. A 15-year-old suffered a skull fracture and some brain bleeding after he was pushed to the ground by a Krampus. Several other people suffered broken bones and in total there were 70 people injured. That's awful. Mm -hmm. So people often do go out on Krampus Day or on Krampus Day evening to look for a fight, I think. Mm. Plus there's also, you know, some alcohol involved. And actually, it's not always the Krampus that are the ones who are aggressive because more and more often it's also the spectators who try to beat up the Krampus. You know, it's a bunch of formerly traumatized people <laughs> whose children, you know, developed issues and then they get drunk and take their anger out on the cramp, cramp. Getting What's revenge. What's plural? Krampuses? Kramp. Krampi? Krampusse. Krampusse? Krampusse. Oh, okay. <laughs> Could be, but I think traumatized people would be like me in their 30s and 40s, and I think it's more, you know, young yeah. adults who get into these battles, because at our age, <laughs> I mean, let's be completely honest, you have to be careful already to not break something. Seriously, it's so true. <laughs> Uh, in some places, this really escalates. I know that in my hometown, the Krampus Day is rather tame nowadays, but it's uh, quite spectacular. I will try to get a video from my dad. He goes there. So where I grew up, the apartment is facing the main square. Oh, nice. So you can see everything, but from the safety of your house. Exactly. That's what I always did. Yeah. We need to go and do a live thing there next year, maybe. <laughs> yeah, true. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Guess he's coming for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's definitely not the most peaceful event. Yeah. I never went out on Krampus Day after dark when I was a teenager. Plus, you know, especially as a girl, you were always told to better stay away from, from them. You know, intoxicated young men wearing masks. Uh, do I need to say more? No, you do not. Yeah, I get it. You might have been assaulted. And then, of course, it would all be your fault for not knowing better. But yeah, every year you can read in the newspaper about Krampus Day causing fights and injuries. In 2018, a 16-year-old Krampus lost several fingers because a 45-year-old man had handed him a heavy-duty firecracker and lit it. And <sighs> the boy thought it was a Bengal light and he held on to it. 
Oh my god, that's awful. Also, what is a Bengal light? Is it like a like a cigarette or like some kind <laughs> of a, a fancy sparkler or firework or It's like a flare. Sometimes, well, they're forbidden now, but you used to see them during soccer games. It's like bright blue. It's like a sparkler on steroids. Like a road flare, but blue? Yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Like a road flare. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. I don't think I've seen one, but that sounds... Oh, that's awful, though. Uh, yeah, so in the last couple of years, there have been lots of discussions about the Krampus Day, obviously. Most cities, most places, they have groups that try to cultivate customs and traditions, and they try to get rid of this brutal image of the Krampus Day. Mm. I think many towns have a ban of alcohol at these events. I personally, I think I, I do like, well, I'm the kind of person I do like traditions. Sure. I also do like the Krampus tradition, even though I'm scared of it. I think all traditions should be valued. Yeah. As long as they don't hurt anybody. Agreed, yeah. I personally I definitely welcome the changes that have been made lately. And I'm sh really happy that they try to make it a safer event for everyone involved. Yeah, I can see why you would. I keep thinking of the Belschnickel episode from The Office with Dwight and that, like... <laughs> handful of long scary twigs it's more like um like you say twigs but I'm, with krampus it's the same isn't it it's more like a long skinny stick like a switch yeah 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 Yeah. oh it's so scary oh that was great i feel like i really know so much more about the krampus than i did before which was admittedly very little and what i did know was completely wrong and yeah i feel like we've really opened up a lot about our childhood traumas today feels like a very productive day <laughs> thank you for working through it with me, Annie. Yeah, I'm here for you. Well, thank you for being here for me and my mess. But yeah, if any of our listeners want to write us and tell us their traumatic holiday stories that you now laugh about, please let us know because maybe one day we'll read some for a bonus episode. I love those things that you look back on and you were just at the time, you know, you just thought the world was ending and now you look back and it's so inconsequential. <laughs> oh, thank you. That was excellent. So what was your something good this week? Um, something good is that Krampus Day is almost over. <laughs> no, but seriously, I have several good things that happened since we last talked. Uh, so first of all, I did spend the weekend in Zagreb with my husband. And any guess what? I drove there. I'm so proud of you. And that's the longest I have ever been driving anywhere. But I managed. <laughs> Even though I almost peed myself once I entered Zagreb. <laughs> and there was a horrible traffic jam on the way to the hotel. And I really, I'd, I already tried to figure out how to explain to my husband that we need a new driver's seat because... <laughs> It was so bad. It was so bad. Oh, no. But I did it, and I was really proud of myself. Nice. And another good thing, I met an online friend in Zagreb. I never met her before in real life, just like we never met before any. She and her men, they run the most amazing little burger joint with the most amazing burgers. Uh, it's called Burgerei. So if you ever happen to be in Zagreb, please do yourself a favor and go to eat there. It's unbelievably good. Nice. So see, you're getting better and better at the driving and you're going to keep getting better at it. And happy anniversary. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't been to Croatia yet, but I really want to go. And when I do, I will definitely eat there. But uh, my UK family have just left and we had a really wonderful time. And I also wanted to really thank everybody for the very kind words after last week's episode. It was really nice. I just had a lot of nice messages. And my something good this week, I'm not going to cry. I 
promise I'm not going to make anyone else cry. <laughs> I really want to recommend you all see this film, Knives Out, while it is still in the theater. It was so good. I think it's the best who done it I've seen, like maybe ever, actually. The best who done it I think I've ever seen. We all loved it. Paul liked it. Yeah, Paul liked it. English family liked it. We all loved it. It was really, really good. Because if Paul liked it, then I know I'm gonna like it. We like the same movies. Yeah, the cast is amazing. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And it takes place in Massachusetts, so. Awesome. Yeah, I think you'll all really enjoy it very much, so. All right, so that was our rather chatty and healing episode for this week. So healing. Please check out our Twitter. It's at FreshHellPod. Check out our Instagram. What else, Annie? Please come say hi in our Facebook group. Congratulations to Amy, who won our t-shirt giveaway. Yeah, come say hi. It's a fun place to hang out. And until next week, Hellions, please tell your dogs and cats and rats and frogs and fish and whatever creature you keep, you know, company with on snowy days like this one. Please tell them that we said hi. Not your spiders, though. No, your pet spiders can fuck right off. But until next week, thank you for listening to us again. And until next week, if you yourself are going through hell, keep going. Tschüss. Bye. Stay clear of the Krampus. Happy Krampus Day. <laughs> <laughs>